Tonight on the High Ground Podcast, I'm super excited. We're going to be talking High Republic, all things High Republic. If you aren't aware, this is 200 years before uh, The Phantom Menace, and it's fascinating. It's an awesome time period, and we're going to jump into it and see what's what right here on the High Ground Podcast. All right. Hello and welcome, everyone, to the High Ground Podcast. Uh, I am super excited because we, I mean, I always have awesome guests, but uh, we'll be talking High Republic. And if you have been living under Geode, um, you you won't know how awesome this this is. It's super exciting. I've been seeing all of these people make some incredible content on it. And I, I just I need people to talk to about this stuff. It's it's great. Um, in order to get started, though, I want to kind of go around the room first and uh, I'll start with Tate. Um, also, let me know what you guys want me to call you as, as well, <laughs> if you want to call you by your names or whatever. But uh, I want to start with who are you? Where can we find you? And if you could choose your Jedi or Sith master, who are you going to pick and why? Now, this is for everyone. It doesn't have to only be High Republic, but uh, who, who are you going with? Oh, that's a loaded question, but let's start it off easy. Um, I am the Star Wars Fat Guy. You can find me on TikTok at Star Wars Fat Guy. Every day we talk about the life of characters, the culture, the species in the galaxy. If you love anything Star Wars, you'll love my page. You can also find me on Instagram at Star Wars Fat Guy. That's a bit more my personal life, my collection, my hobbies. And if you go to my link, you can join the Fact family in my Discord. If I could choose a Jedi or a Sith Master, I think I'm going to have to go with Kanan Jarrus. I like how Dave Filoni describes him as a cowboy Jedi. I like that aesthetic. I like that mentality. But I think the thing that appeals to me most about Kanan is that he is a master that is not afraid to make mistakes. As much as you'll make mistakes, he'll make them with you and you'll grow parallel to him. So I need someone like that in my life. I need I need someone like that, you know? Ah, I, I, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, it reminds me a lot of... Um Oh my goodness! Why why is the name not popping up to me? Um, the person that Breath ends up uh, being apprenticed to. Um, oh, it's uh, oh, Comac, Comac, Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll go to uh, to Pep Element. I am Element Seven. You can find me on TikTok and YouTube. Uh, underscore Element Seven underscore on TikTok and on YouTube Element Seven. Um, now, most people would think that my master would be Yoda. Um, and I would love to train and under Yoda. And they'd be right. No. <laughs> no, they, I mean, to a degree, they would be right. And I have a couple of masters, but like, since the, since the question is, you know, encompassing, I would go with, um, number three, Yoda, because I love learning and abstraction. Like, not, don't give me all the answers. Number two, Luke, because I just I just need that person in my life to teach me because he like the way he teaches and then the way he was in The Last Jedi is just a huge breath of fresh air. Um, and I think that would be fun to learn under. Number one, Satil Shan. <laughs> oh, should have seen that one coming. Yeah. Should have yeah. seen that one Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me... 
I or I'm sorry. Last but certainly not least is, is Haley, and I, I I apologize. I was just like I was busy thinking <laughs> my answer, but um yeah, <laughs> please, <laughs> please go ahead. Hi Haley, um, I'm Corellia, Corellia Coffee Works on TikTok, um, and I couldn't decide. I couldn't decide, so I'm gonna say either Orla Jereni from the High Republic or um, Ahsoka. Both for a similar reason, like they seem to follow the Force rather than like the actual council or the actual Jedi teachings. So I don't know if my answer is kind of cheating because they're both kind of like, <laughs> but I, I just want to be mentored by those, those awesome women. Hey, there is nothing wrong with that at all. I, yeah, I, I need some more of them in my life. Um, <laughs> and, and then, uh, for me, I, you guys obviously know where to find me if you're watching this. I'm going with Plo Koon. Uh, Plo Koon is my dude. He just seems like the coolest space dad. He just seems so kind and, and benev benevolent. He seems like a great example of what, what Jedi's really should be. Um, I, 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 yeah, I just love Plo Koon. Um, next to Plo Koon. Uh, not... I love Jaina. Don't want her to be my master. She's <laughs> not an easygoing person. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, I, I would also like to throw a nod there to um, to Elzar, Elzar Man. I think he'd be an interesting master, and he just has a unique way of thinking about things in general. So, um, yeah, yeah, those are the people I am going with. Uh, but yeah, I want to hear a more about you guys uh your history with star wars books i want to kind of set up a precedent of, of of who you guys are first um we'll, we'll start with with element so uh what, what's your history with star wars books what's your favorite book and do you have a favorite era um so like ever since i got into star wars with empire strikes back specifically like that's the one that set me on the path of like world building and fantasy um and uh, ever since I watched that, I wanted to learn more and more about it. And at that time, there wasn't too many books out. But when they started coming out with books, especially like novelizations, I, I started reading them. Um, but I always felt that books were the best form of Star Wars because, you know, I mean, you love the Star Wars that you get on film where not all of the answers are given to you and it's left to interpretation and you can kind of spin it the way you want. Um, but as someone who is lore heavy and um, is just obsessed with mythos, I, I want all the answers. I need all the answers. And so, you know, reading inner monologues, reading prose, you know, just provides a better big picture when it comes to Star Wars. And that's why I started reading uh, the books and especially the comics. Um, my favorite book would have to be uh, Into the Dark right now. Into the Dark, before that it was, I believe, Lost Stars and behind that, Bloodline. Um, but, you know, Claudia Gray never misses. <laughs> Uh, but Into sure. the Dark specifically, because it made me fall in love with uh, with a Vintian. I'm not going to say what he is, what people think he is, but he's a Vintian. Um, <laughs> and my favorite era, you know, I would have to say it's the High Republic right now. For sure. There's a lot of like ideas in my mind about Star Wars that's being flipped on its head because of this era. 
mm-hmm. like how, how I view the Order, how I view the Jedi, how I view um, just the Republic as well. A lot of it is just flipped on its head. Yeah, no, I, I like that a lot. Um, and then uh, real real quick, we have a few people in the chat talking about how Reese wants um, Reese McNutt <laughs> wants Darth Jar Jar as his as his Sith Lord. Uh, <laughs> Sniper Glee uh, talking about Bastila. Um, and we're getting some 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 Plo Koon love here. Justin Thorson wants um, Kirak and Phila. Uh, let's Ooh. see. Sniper Glee is also talking. Yeah. Uh, Jedi Knight Revan. Uh, it also mentions Cal Kestis, but like, Cal ain't ready. I, I, I do not approve <laughs> yeah. of that. Um, Justin Thorson, Kanan, uh, or Ezra. And yeah. I Her- feel like Harith is like- talking about uh, Qui Gon. We got Brian Cobb with Plo Koon or Nihilus. Nihilus? No, right. no Nihilus. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're going to treat the Force as an all-you-can-eat buffet, then yeah, Nihilus is your guy. But <laughs> I feel like Kirak would be like an austere type of teacher, like just very, very strict and have heavily combat focused for sure. Yeah, they, I think they say in the, the Vader comic that Kirak's speciality was that he was bred almost for war, for combat. So I'm not sure how that would go exactly. I don't know if he'd really be a meditating kind of guy, but hey, definitely. (laughs) You you never know. You never know. He could have a heart of gold and just be a big softy. He's got his inside. We have a Pongrel in the chat. Oh, Oh. that guy can die a thousand deaths. (laughs) Um, I mean, if you want to learn Jarkai, I guess, but (laughs) you can learn that from Yoda. But uh, how about you, Haley? Uh, what is your History with Star Wars books favorite book in era? Oh, okay. So I only recently joined the fandom. I've always enjoyed, like, the movies, but never really on a deeper level. So last year, uh, when quarantine started, I downloaded Audible and just started consuming all of the audiobooks. I just absolutely fell in love. So I, I blew through so many books so quickly and I just absolutely fell in love with them um so my favorites which I have listened to probably four times in the past year both the Queen's Shadow and Queen's Peril I just Mm -hmm. I love those books Padme is my favorite character and like being able to see more of her and like getting the story we we knew but then from a completely other angle I just absolutely love it so i'm gonna have you on when we talk queen's hope uh but that's gonna be like a year from now but when? sorry oh, keep that's going out oh mm. i didn't even know that was coming out amazing november nice um let's see okay then it was era and yeah, favorite book and favorite era book. favorite book favorite era okay perfect so favorite book the queen shadow queen's peril and then favorite era it is so hard for me because each one has great characteristics like each one I turn to for a different reason um absolutely loving High Republic um they their view of the Jedi or their descriptions of the Jedi are just what I have as the Jedi are supposed to be in my head um so I've I've just absolutely been loving the High Republic but all of them are great you know yeah no you don't yeah that's totally fair uh and how about you Tate Oh, and by the way, Tate. Um, yeah. Uh, midlife crisis Vader says best wishes. Yeah, he wanted me to give you best wishes. Oh. So. 
such a such a nice dude so that's great to hear I gotta say, I love how we're all kind of coming at Star Wars and the extended media from like a different perspective. So my perspective is really interesting because um, I'm South African, grew up in South Africa for 21 years, and it's, they don't really have the exposure to like extended media that other countries do. So we would get Star Wars and we get all that kind of stuff, but you wouldn't see Star Wars books on shelves. You wouldn't see Star Wars action figures and stuff. So a lot of my exposure was me like 13, 14 on my phone, 2 a.m. with the sheets over my head on Wikipedia, like reading all this cool stuff. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> there's a this republic, there's a that republic. And that was really cool for me. But, you know, that was like 2013, 2014. That was really at the kind of like the deep end of Legends, where it was really tough to get into. But when Canon came about with the Disney era from 2014 onwards, I was like, I can get into this. I can start fresh. I can jump in. So I read all the books online, which was the only way I could get it. It's still the way I do it. And from then on, it's just been a rabbit hole for me, exploring, taking in everything as like one consuming mass and like, yes, give me the knowledge. I absolutely love it. And for favorite book, anything that is looked at touched on or written by claudia gray is like an automatic 10 out of 10 element said element said bloodline i'm like yeah bloodline um but my favorite would be uh leia princess of aldron i think i can read that book any day of the week and i cannot put it down until i'm finished that or um lost stars is really great as well and bloodline is that's like a holy trinity really if you think about it yeah, yeah. those three are just perfect but um favorite era this is kind of a bit of a basic answer, but I really love the original trilogy. I love any situation where the heroes are, you know, backed into a corner. They've got to reevaluate themselves, where they stand, how they're going to get out of that situation. And seeing characters like uh, Jin, uh, Saul, Han, Luke, Leia, what happens to them when they put under the pressure cooker, how they rise to the challenge. It's timeless, man. I, I just love stories like that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know what's funny? Because I, I hear a lot of love for Leia, Princess of Alderaan. And that is my least favorite of Claudia Gray's books. Oh. And so that means that it's only like a 9.8 out of 10. Oh. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know. She was slipping with that one for, for, for me. Just pulling her punches. <laughs> Holding back. No, you, you guys are, yeah, absolutely killing it. Uh, I guess my story is similar to, to Haley's, although it probably set a little bit further back. I had, uh, and I've, I've kind of explained it a few times, but I had a period where I was, um, I was working a, a very manual job and I had headphones in like 14 hours a day. Um, so like I would I would work and all this stuff and then I would go power lift at the gym. And by the way, listening to like Darth Bane while lifting is it's it's nuts. I, I swear I put up many personal bests while while he was in that Sith temple. Uh, but <laughs> when um, but that's yeah, that's what happened. I just started consuming as much as I could, you know, like. If, if I have headphones in for 12, 13 hours, that's a lot of full books. Uh, and then what ends up happening is you hear like these podcasts and things like that. And they're talking about Star Wars and they'll pose a question or something like that. And you know the answer. You're like, oh, yeah, that's obvious. It's this, this and this. And they, they don't know it. And you're like, huh, it's weird. And so that's one of the reasons I started making content is because you know, you catch up and then you want to share this world with people. I've loved, you know, being able to share 
this and find other people and help other people get into reading books because I really do believe that this is the best part of Star Wars. I think Star Wars is better as books than it is as movies or TV shows, in my humble opinion. That being that's true. That's true. Uh, that that being said, um, my favorite is Into the Dark right now. Uh, prior to that, and. I, prior to that, my favorite book was Tarkin. Now, I don't recommend Tarkin to people because James Lucino has a very specific writing style and he is very, very wordy. He'll take a thousand words to say something that you could say simpler, but in a hundred pages, the rest of those words are going to matter and like add to it. So it's this weird cumulative story that like when the the great parts hit you it like hits you really hard that's how i feel about him and his writing in general so i i love that book but it did get passed by um into the dark and i am really excited for uh for us to get the next Kevin scott book once that comes out but we'll we'll see um also i love how these authors are now able to share uh, characters and how like Justina Ireland's yeah. new book like Wreath is going to be in it and like you know yeah it's awesome it is they're awesome. also able to use a lot of the unused concept art from the original movies that they that they couldn't mm-hmm. use or they scrapped originally like I, I, I think uh, DJ was on TikTok talking about uh, the boat the boat the boat the bo- the Bagginthier or the Bogganath or something like that. Bogganath. Bogganath. Yeah. Yeah. It was concept art from from the original trilogy they had never used, and I was like, "That's that's interesting." There must be like thousands of pieces that just remained unused, and is now making its way to the surface thanks to uh, High Republic. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and uh, I have a question from High. I am Eowyn. For everyone here, do you think that we are going to see a version of the Darksaber, um, a similar version in the High Republic? What do you guys think? I think that's a really interesting question. I think, I mean, if you remember from the concept art when they did first did like that big trailer, there was that one character tucked away on like the right side of the screen holding a Darksaber and people went ballistic. They were like, what? There's two Darksabers? What does this mean? How does this work in canon? I could see it being a thing. But I'm not sure if we're going to see it like prominently. I could see it being touched upon in like a footnote or like someone's reading a book and they mention um, black kyber crystals or something. But I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm going with no. I I don't know what they have planned because it seems like the story group has a very well planned arc, and I don't I don't I have no idea what they're planning for the last yeah. um, for the big ending of the High Republic, but um, I don't I don't see it being the Darksaber, having that as a main yeah. part, or even being, like, prominent, you know? Yeah, I think what's going to happen with that particular concept art with the lightsaber we saw with the Black Core, uh, I think is just going to introduce just another type of kyber crystal. Um, yeah. I don't think it's going to share anything in terms of properties or um, mythos uh, with the dark saber. I think the dark saber kind of loses its luster. Um, you know, if they bring in another one that's just a regular lightsaber, um, because its blade is unique, um, it, it 
if you cut it from the blunt edge, it's a thick slice. <laughs> That's what I imagine. <laughs> um, and because uh, I, I feel it, like you can hold it sideways, and yeah, just like <laughs> yeah, slap through stuff, you know. Yeah, hit people with the flat edge, even though it's not an edge. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think the one that we saw in that in the concept art is just like a, a regular old lightsaber, just like we have the white ones. It's going to be something that's like you know just a a little bit you know dark in the core in the base, and just kind of um, have a, a brighter lumen or illumination. But it's not going to be like a dark saber. Okay. Yeah, just just had to ask because uh, it's curious, you know, because like you said, we did see that concept art. Not to mention the actual Darksaber is probably around at this point in time. But will we run into Mandalorians? I, I don't know. Um, but Imagine. But, but now, because I, I don't even, I don't, I don't even, like, I think the Nile are so cool, I forgot Mandalorians existed. <laughs> uh, so now I have other things to, to ponder. Out of the shadows, pre, pre, pre Vizsla. <laughs> 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 uh, Something like that. So you think we might get like a, a post sequel book that's post Vizsla? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's going to go down the line forever. <laughs> I'm here for it. Um, all right, so uh, when you first heard of the High Republic, like, what did you think? Where, where did your where did your guys' minds go? Um, you know, this was talked about as Project Luminous, and, Ooh. you know, we're just like, I don't know what's happening. Uh, I can't wait for this reveal. Yeah, when when it came out, what were your guys' first thoughts? Uh, what did you expect, and did that did it live up to that expectation? And I'm going to Haley first on that one. Yeah, so I um, tried not to set too many expectations, just because like I feel like a new Star Wars fan. Like I I didn't want to like have something, you know, that is going to be let down because it's going to be great no matter what it is. Um, I also have nothing to compare it to with, like, the Old Republic. Like, I just expected this, like, you know, luminous, like, um, this great time in the Republic with this great Jedi Council with, like, I, I just expected it to be very uplifting and, like, what I wanted out of, like, Star Wars and the politics and Jedi Order of the time. And I, I totally got that. Like, it is very cool and very, like, hopeful and uplifting. Yeah. Yeah, it, it just, like, it feels right. It feels like everything it should be, you know, to me. Uh, what do you think, Tate? Man, my story with Luminous is going to be the complete opposite of Haley's. Whenever anything comes out and gets announced, I go crazy. I go, like, leak crazy. I want to find everything. I want to know every little detail before it happens. <laughs> so when they said Luminous, I sat there dumbfounded for so long. I don't know what was going on. I originally thought maybe it was like, oh, a video game or something. Maybe they're trying to do like Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy kind of stuff. And then I remember the day the trailer came out in my Star Wars group chat. Someone was like, look at this. And I was just floored. I'm like, I've never been so happy to be wrong in my life. <laughs> All this concept art, um, dinosaur robots. How do these new citizens look? Different sabers, different Jedi, more aliens. I'm like, this is great. You see the Nile, the Drengear. I was like, I don't know what this is. But I'm here for the ride. I immediately went to Amazon. I'm like, pre-order, 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 pre-order. <laughs> Sorted. I was so blown away. 
uh, I, I have a quick question for Haley. Do you keep like a backlog of audible tokens of like, oh, no, I can't use this one because I only have one right now. And if they announce something, I can't immediately pre-order it. Yeah. Yeah. No, my wish list is so long because I just I, I have my my mind set that I'm going to get that one next. And I just, you know, hope. <laughs> Uh, I love it. Uh, how about you, Element? What, what were you thinking? Uh, when I first heard the announcement for Project Luminous, the only thing I could think of was the light side. And I knew that um, anything dealing with the light in terms of the force is going to mean that it's going to be a prosperous time. Uh, and then they announced the High Republic and I was absolutely like spot on. And I was like, yep, this is it. And they were they were talking about it being the golden age of Jedi. And I was like, yes, yes, keep it coming. Um, <laughs> and so like what I was expecting was, of course, kind of like this Arthurian type of age of Jedi, where it was like the round table and all the knights were in were uh present um and the whole galaxy was just filled with jedi um off doing small things but consequential things uh and uh yeah i was largely right <laughs> um, <laughs> on the money yeah but uh the one thing that i didn't get right was what i would end up thinking about the jedi order Right. Because like I was thinking, yeah, it's going to be the golden age of Jedi. They're going to be off doing some amazing things. But like, you know, it, it, it has made me rethink what I thought about the, the order themselves, given the context that they are um, working with the Republic instead of for the Republic. And then these individual Jedi, I did not think or expect that I was going to love so many of these individual Jedi, given how many there are. You know, you 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 read you read Light of the Jedi and like in the first eight chapters when you hear Avar Chris say, you know, we're here to help. Like, oh, OK, I love Avar. And then <laughs> 20 more Jedi is introduced in the next couple of chapters. And you're like, wait, what, wait, who is the who is the Wookiee? Who is the Rodian? And who is this guy? And, and who's the Twi'lek? And then after you get done with that book, you're just like, I love like at least eight of these people already. And I have already lost four of them. <laughs> and I didn't expect this era or the High Republic to be so real, so consequential and uh, as uh, as um, impactful as it is today. Yeah, it hits it hits hard. It like it comes swinging right out of the gate. And it's like there is weight to this. Not everyone is going to be OK. And they all know it. Um, I like my moment of like shivers was was Buryaga, um, uh, Buryaga Yagaburi uh, is just a wonderful, you know, when you meet him, he'll be like, oh, hello, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> it's especially a great experience in the audiobook. book. <laughs> Uh, instead of just the the words being separate, it, the the person makes sounds and then goes into a phrase and sometimes ends with more sounds. It's it's wonderful, but uh, when you know he se senses the the fear and people think it's him and he's like, no, oh no, no, there's people in that thing and you're like, oh man, <laughs> um. Yeah, so so I mean, when when I first heard of, I 
I, I would like to characterize myself uh, throughout life in general as cautiously optimistic. Um, like it, it got announced and I was like, OK, is this is this diet old republic? Uh, like what, what is is this is this like are did the fan base scare them away from doing old republic material? So they're going to do something different. And is it going to be good? I don't know. And then I saw, uh, yeah, and Claudia Gray's involved. I was like, oh, okay. All right, I'm in. Uh, sorted, yeah. <laughs> sorted. Uh, okay, cool, cool, cool beans. Um, no, no, when, when they announced the people that were involved in the project, it, it would became very clear to me that, yeah, this is, this is going to be good. It's going to be enjoyable. Uh, but we'll just, we'll just wait and see. Really quick. Could you imagine seeing in the future a trailer like announcement for a future Star Wars project and it's a teaser. There's no footage. There's no imagery. It's just like a like a like a Greek type of engraving font just scroll like scales the the picture and it just says Claudia Gray and your reaction to that is larger than any reaction you've ever seen <laughs> or done to any Bad Batch trailer or Clone Wars trailer. Uh if that ever happens like it, it would be funny because, like, I, I would obviously do a, a reaction video, and then my reaction for that part is would be greater than any other portion, because <laughs> because I would have fully expended all of my energy on that for a second, and I like, yeah, I got nothing left. I, I'm gonna have to pause and come back later. Like, I need a, a, a protein shake and energy drink, and then I'll be back. Um. Also, I think uh, I think that through through Disney, um, Lucasfilm and Marvel, too, they're cheating in the best way. And what happened is Marvel did all new, all different Marvel, where they took a bunch of the characters. They split them into two. So they have two versions. Um, and then, you know, and some people liked it, some people hated it or, or whatever. Right. Iron Man was out of commission after um, Secret Wars 2. And so what happened is they had Riri Williams, Iron Man and Infamous Iron Man, which was which was um, Doctor Doom. You know, they did it with uh, Wolverine. Right. You had Old Man Logan and you had X-23. Uh, they did it with, um, you know, with Thor. You had Mighty Thor with Jane Foster and Unworthy Thor. Uh, they did it with they did it with a bunch of characters, and we are seeing the results of that right now. We're getting a Riri Williams show. We're getting all this stuff where they just like pumped out content that so that they would have source material later. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm, I'm confident that's what that's what they're doing here. They're creating the source material so they have this backing in this whole world, and not to mention, I think um, not not that fans that read are any, any better than the fans that don't. But you would be hard-pressed to find a toxic fan that reads High Republic stuff. So I feel like they are, like, building this up for for something. And we're going to explode. And I think you know, <laughs> that that joy is going to carry over um, completely. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I've been, been thrilled with... Um, with how everything has has come about and um our goal 
at least uh, between Pep and I is, is we're going to all continue reaching out and see if we can interview some more writers and stuff like that. DJL was an awesome guest and hopefully we'll, we'll get some more. Um, let's jump into the books and also this, so this can kind of turn into more of a discussion. I know I've been calling on, on specific people, but um, I want to say talking about, but, but kind of light on it. Like we, we don't need to do deep, deep spoilers, but we also don't need to have, you know, oven mitts on at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, let's let's talk about Light of the Jedi for actually first. Let me let me ask this. So has everyone read Light of uh, the Jedi, Test of Courage and Into the Dark? Yeah. OK. And anyone reading the comics as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. I am not, but I am desperate to learn what happens. <laughs> like, that is my downfall. I don't enjoy reading comics, but I just, I want to know what happens. Okay. I cover them. Beautiful. <laughs> there we go, yeah. I'm through all of your videos now. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I'm offended that you weren't already doing that, but that's a whole side topic. Uh, <laughs> let's not go there right don't now. Don't be offended for me, Taco. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is I'm not allowed to have an opinion? Uh, no, I... Yes. <laughs> um, all right, all right. Let's let's go. Uh, Light of the Jedi, and just just the feels on 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 this book. I, I guess I'll I'll go to uh, I'll go to Haley to start us off, but feel free to be conversational with it. This this book, it like it makes you love every single character you meet, and then don't know if they're gonna be okay two minutes later. Like it's just it's so good. Um, I had a little bit of a hard time listening to it because you just meet so many people right from the start. And then, like, they're talking about, like, um, uh, what's it called? What's the word? Never mind. Um, Hyperspace disaster? Uh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Every, every um, aspect of this book was so much fun. And it set such a different tone than everything else we've had so far. Um, so this was the first book that came out, so it just set us off on the absolute right track. Um, and the the Legacy Run disaster was, like, such a great and unique problem. Like, I, I imagine something could happen like that anytime in the galaxy, but it was so great to hear um, how these Jedi and this Republic um, that actually work together and, you know, aren't hiding things from each other how they handle it. Um, and I think, um, like, the the enemies are awesome. Like, the Nihil are just so unique. And, like, coming from only knowing the Sith, I think their motivations are so interesting. And this book is just awesome. And if anyone listening hasn't read it yet, please, please listen to it. <laughs> or read it. It's so great. Yeah, one of the... One of the uh one of the main uh, things that I needed to, you know, clarify when I started reading this book was, you know, knowing the Sith, knowing the Jedi, how are we going to get a story that's consequential with the Jedi that is just not, for all intents and purposes, getting cats out of trees? Um, and this disaster, like Haley said, was very consequential, very impactful and very unique because, you know, it is a galaxy wide problem. 
and uh, we get a lot of interesting and unique displays of the force and, and creative ways of using it to kind of save people. And uh, uh, there's so many characters to fall in love with uh, and so many characters you don't expect to fall in love with. Um, Porter Angle, shout out to Porter Angle. Um, yeah. <laughs> Blade of Bardotta. Um, but a, uh, I like to think of him as the Egg Master General. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but like uh, with with the Nile, they also presented a, a very creative problem. And it's something that uh, I was kind of really, really uh, honed in on when they introduced them in the book. Um, because, again, I was going into this with like, how is the the how are they the Jedi? going to fight a foe that is not the sith and how are they going to present themselves that is not you know firefighters getting cats out of trees and the, the nile ended up being rather challenging uh just in in modus and all kinds of like practice and you you meet the leader of this of this group and you think one thing and then by the end you're like this guy this guy is a completely different beast. Uh, and uh, then your mind starts to wander and you start to theory craft and think about who who everyone is, including Marchion Rowe. Um, and it's just a great it's a great tastemaker for High Republic, this book. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm, I'm not going to when we. Because uh, Element turned me on. They released the first eight chapters early, so you could read them online. Yeah. And um, my goodness, the I, I've actually taken to you have this situation where they're on a, a ship that is likely going to explode soon. And they're trying to be to rescue people and stuff. And so I've taken to end some of uh, my like chats and stuff with saying we are all that, and then cut out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this yeah. book hits you with stakes, just right, right off the bat, and it makes you love people and not know if those people are going to still be around. I think that's the greatest start from it, from anything that this book could do. And uh, I also had that question: Are we going to be interested in this? There's no Sith for them to fight, and. If they run into the the Sith, then the Sith are going to win uh, because they stay secret, right? How is this going to be interesting? Until you think about it and realize we have never seen Jedi doing what they're supposed to be doing. Like in all of Star Wars, we see them at war. It's wartime Jedi. I mean, it's Star Wars, right? Yeah. Um, Old Republic, which I love myself, um, but it's a big war. You know, it is. It's just a big. It's a big giant war with Jedi and Sith. This is Jedi doing what they're supposed to be doing: being true heroes, taking care of people. Uh, and also, I did not know whether or not I was going to like marching on row. Um, because there was there was some hype that they were setting up of like this he's not like a grand master type of person but he's a really interesting villain and then like I started the book and I was like this guy this guy <laughs> he's like a sniveling little weasel yeah uh, so I keep my head down like I try not to read too much um, like side information about it before I actually consume the content 
And once I heard that he was supposed to be the main villain, I was partway through the book. And I was like, really? Like, I really like this character. What, how's this gonna turn out? And oh boy, does it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's such a, um, it's such an interesting angle to take someone that you've been marketing as the main villain of your new era. Um, I mean, I won't get too deep into spoilers, but when we first see him, within the Nile, he's kind of like an underdog figure almost, the way he's written and portrayed. And then by the time you get to the end of the book, the script has been flipped and you're like, okay, this dude means business. I remember I was reading it um, in little segments, which is how I like to do it. And Elements video came out and he was going hype about Martian. And I'm like, I don't know, man, I'm not, I'm not really feeling <laughs> it yet. And then I got to, I think it was like chapter 27 or something. I'm like, oh, all right, okay, now I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> uh, yeah it's, it's 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 a great book i think everyone should read it and more importantly i think this is another great entry point to people who because it's daunting joining a, a, a fandom before i started reading i had to spend hours on wikipedia like <laughs> yeah and i still did it wrong uh with with the expanded universe i started too far in the future and there was references I think the Joiner Nest was like the first trilogy I started with there was cool. so oh. much that came before then <laughs> <laughs> like I went from uh, Heir to the Empire to Joiner Nest and it was like people are dead like they're referring to they're, they're all sad like Luke fell in love with a computer and then downloaded it into a person it, <laughs> uh, sorry Callista is super weird and awkward um, yeah and I'm, I'm I, not a fan, but <laughs> what I love the most about this book also is like, as you mentioned, the stakes and stuff and, and how real it was going to be. But the way they kind of built that up, like in the first eight chapters, you learn about how to cast it in the legacy run. And you're kind of and I won't go into spoilers, but I'll just point to how it has built up these stakes, because like you, you learn about her and then her, her crew and the passengers. And then this uh, this disaster happens where you know you think that you think that things are going to be okay because she's like a great pilot and then she's doing everything she can and then like you find out that that ha that it's just over yeah. um and so the disaster happens and you're like okay i thought i was going to get a little bit more with this character <laughs> and then the jedi come and they they start saving people and then you you start reading more and more this person falls another person f dies and, and it's just more and more people are like being loosed as as quickly as they are being um uh introduced and the further and further you get into the book you're you're it just built this build-up of like no one is safe it's kind of like a almost like a diet game of thrones um realization when you're reading this book um and then when you get to the battle of kurt that's just like Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, touching on something that Chaco said earlier about um, laying the blueprints for the future and whatnot, did anyone else get the impression that the High Republic, um, the specifically The Light of the Jedi, is written in a very cinematic way almost? Um, I read it, so I didn't listen to it, so I didn't get the music and whatnot. But especially part one with the um, Hetzel crisis, it's written in a way that you can really like close your eyes. You can imagine everything happening, playing out in front of you, jumping from the different perspectives. I could see this as a really easy to adapt um, Disney Plus series. For sure, it, it reads almost like a script in a sense. 
And like you said, with all the characters coming in one by one, and then someone gets picked off and you're like, wait, I just got to know you. I thought we were friends. It's such an engaging <laughs> way to he draw never, you in. He and, never yeah. got to ask out that Twilik bartender. Yeah. I know. Wow. I mean, relatable. Like, I, I totally felt for the dude, <laughs> but I mean... But yeah, it's... it's um. It's just cinematic. It draws you in in such a way that I didn't want to put it down. And then by the time you get to the end of part one, that ending stinger and then the introduction of the Nile, I was like, well, guess I'm staying up till 4 a.m. It was just too good. It's a perfect primer for anyone that's feeling a bit nervous to get into something that's so brand spankingly new, but it holds your hand in a way that still makes it familial. Especially they'll name drop Yoda a few times and you'll feel fine. You're like, okay, this is my safety net. Yeah. <laughs> and every time they do drop Yoda's name, I'm like, yeah, that's right. Because it's always in the vein of like, if Yoda were here, he'd be badass. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're largely right. Because all of these books, you know, felt like I could imagine them as a series. Mm. Every single one of these books just happening in a TV show. Yeah, I need it. I need it to happen. I'm waiting. <laughs> uh, how about uh, how about um, test of court uh, test of courage? Now, this is I, I I didn't think about it this way until I saw Claudia Gray say it, and of course we we we, <laughs> we stand Claudia, Claudia uh, for yeah. sure. Um, because it is a young reader book, but young reader mm-hmm. book just means that there's kids in it. Uh, You know what I mean? It just means that, you know, but it's interesting because Star Wars is a different world because the kids that we're talking about are are Jedi Padawans that are being sent into (laughs) war zones and like battles and saving people and crises and, and things. So it's it's a good read. If anyone is like on the fence on whether or not you should read it, um. It's it's a it's a great story. It's a smaller story than like the grand scale of the Kevin Scott book. It is by no means n- not a a great read. Uh, it's it's just smaller and a little shorter. But yeah, we we get some great stuff in it. What it you is guys a great thoughts? read. Yeah, but uh, um, like. I think I think everyone should read this book because of because of its reading level. Of course, like the the impact of the story isn't affected by its by its like classification as a young reader. It's just the reading level is a little bit, you know, easier to um, for people to to, you know, get into. But I think the lesson and the themes in this book is just spectacular and probably the best book actually to you know, be a Padawan. And when I say that, I mean, it's like you're you're learning, you're in the the shoes of two two young people who are, for all intents and purposes, learning on the spot. Uh, and uh, oftentimes we get our perspectives from Jedi masters, grandmasters and people who, you know, already have all of their stuff together. When it comes to a test of courage, it's a great story about, you know, a group of friends who have to survive, but also like you're learning like chapter by chapter with these Padawans, all of these obstacles they have to overcome. Like, um, you know, Imri's brush with the dark side and um, Vernestra's, you know, reconciliation with, you know, being creative and, and independent with her with her knowledge and her power 
with uh, the weapon that I'm not going to spoil, but oh. it's an awesome weapon. And in in within the book, when you go through the journey with these Padawans and, and with this new knight, uh, there's a lot of great deep lore, too. A lot. Like, if you don't know who Serval the Uncanny is, don't worry. It's in this book. <laughs> but... It's 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 a great little like, you know, nod to history in Star Wars. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of force lore and there's a lot of mythos that you wouldn't otherwise get because there are stories that only uh, like young knights and Padawans would tell to each other. And that's the that's the best thing about this book is the perspective that, that you're getting from it. Yeah, honestly, I think. With uh, Test of Courage, for context, this was the first book that I read in the High Republic. So I was like, okay, I got an early copy of it. So I was like, you know, might as well just dive in head first. Um, this one might be my favorite out of all of them. I won't even lie. Um, Vern and Emery are my two favorite characters from the High Republic so far. I love the dynamic. I love the approach. And I think Justina Island really hit the, hit the ball running with this one. Um, the way... It specifically tackles these really big themes like grief, loss, darkness, tackling that from the point of view of a child who essentially will be the audience, the young reader. I think that's a brilliant way to engage with these larger than life themes that the higher public is dealing with and the consequences of that. And of course, like Elman said, there's so many spins on things that we already know, especially with Vern, seeing her um, at the end of her journey in this book, that last chapter, I've never been so excited for a sequel in my life. Seeing where her character's going, um, the introduction of the Staros family for me was a screaming moment. I leapt out of my seat. <laughs> just, I, remember, I, just, I just flashed back to being like 2015, picking up Star Wars 6 by Jason Aaron. I'm like, Staros? Where have I heard that? Staros? I went ballistic. So I think as lore-heavy and crazy as this um, book is, I would honestly say that a test of courage might be one of the better entry points for the High Republic, just because of the simple language, but still maintaining these really core themes that is universal to Star Wars, really dealing with complicated issues with friends, family, and people that you can call family. Remind me what the Staros family is um, involved with, because I just totally, it's just not. Sa Sana Staros. So Sana Staros is, is primarily, uh, you primarily find her in, in comic form. Mm. So that's why you haven't oh. run into her. But you do know about Sana if you listened to the audio drama for, um, for Dr. Afra. Oh, okay, um, okay. So if you checked that out, then she's she plays a big part in in that, uh, and is a really cool character. Hugely connected to Han, but uh, begrudgingly the, connected to Han, yeah, begrudgingly. <laughs> <laughs> the Stanos uh, family in general that that was a great reveal. Uh, but that's the, I mean that brings out one of the things that I have been loving is that when we get those connections. They're not throwaways. Like they mean something, and that's that's what I've been enjoying. Is yeah. you know we we get a Santeca reveal that's that's pretty large, but yeah. it adds it adds a lot of impact to what we've seen in the films. Um, it's not just like a, oh we're just gonna put this name in here just for no reason, but you like oh well that that's why they know how to find all these old things because this family has been charting hyperspace lanes for, for years and 
yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's just really. Yeah, really it's, cool. it's, it's, it's the difference between like a substantial connection that kind of like recontextualizes the, the entire history of what you know in Star Wars versus like, oh, that was R5 that had the bad motivator. Like, no, these are like actual connections. Yeah, it's not just Easter eggs. Yeah. Um, also, I, I got a quote, uh, R.A.L., who's in, in the chat. Uh, I, I made her choose a favorite book. Hers is, uh, is Light of the Jedi. Um, and it definitely Avar Chris is uh, her favorite. Uh, but then she mentions Elzar and Bell and... And 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 Orla. <laughs> I love Orla, and I don't know if it's just because I love people with white lightsabers, but yeah. Orla is one of my favorites in general, but definitely of the High Republic. Yeah. Um, but back to back to um, a test of courage. I so appreciate what the High Republic is doing with. Um, temptation to the dark side because in the prequels we see like Anakin is shut down like he's not going to talk to any of his his um other master or Anakin is not a master um, <laughs> uh, won't talk to anyone else about his temptations and his like struggles except that one scene with Yoda and Yoda brushes it off whereas the High Republic is very much under not understanding of it but like we'll give people the grace to come back and like work with themselves and i think the um the bit with emory is is very nice and i really like how the how the jedi are framed differently yeah uh one of my favorite quotes um in force lore about the dark side and its corruption comes from a test of courage which is um the path to the dark side is a deliberate one and it is not a series of bad days yes so you have to choose to go down it and once you choose it's like downhill right you can't be gray so. <laughs> were you drinking i'm sorry i had to do a camera shot yeah. be gray oh no I, I i love it i love it um oh what's up connor i always gotta shout out connor because he is just the, the best dude um and, <laughs> and, and we also have a cat popping in yeah which is cool i mean my my, my puppers normally at some point makes an appearance so <laughs> Uh, we, we may see Suki at some point in time as well. So if you guys have pets, feel free to bring them on. <laughs> All right. So let's let's move forward. We have Into the Dark. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The one says yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm so excited to restart it because I took about a month break in the middle because I was moving and I was like listening while moving and then had to just I just completely stopped listening and then I picked it back up to finish and it just absolutely grabbed me and I wanted to restart it immediately, but I had just downloaded Dark Disciple. So Ooh. next up, I am so excited to reread Into the Dark. Because but you finished it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. So good. We know Ooh. a book is good when you are excited to reread it. And, and yeah. that, that does... <laughs> And that that does it has happened to me with all of the High Republic books, where as soon as I finish it, I'm like, hmm. let's, uh, let's let's run it back, let's run it back. Uh, uh, no, no, this this introduced like a bunch of really cool and interesting concepts. Also, being 
such a fan of the book Bloodline by Leia. Uh, Blood, Leia, Bloodlines, Bloodlines. It's about Leia, whatever. Um, <laughs> when you get the Amaxine warrior connection and then you start like try- connecting that to other things and other grayskin humanoid people and stuff uh, <laughs> it's 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 wonderful um, you also again, get that connection that, that that means something uh, go ahead you also get that connection in the rise of Kylo Ren uh, what elsewhere is yeah. which again is another substantial connection it's not just an easter egg oh like Snoke laid eggs here no this was in the, in the you know the comic this is where he was and you, you now know why it's an arboretum uh, and it's just, man, this 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 book, uh, it it did like a Firefly thing to the High Republic, you know. Um, Light of the Jedi was largely like this is the scope of the universe, this is what's happening, um, this is what the Jedi are dealing with, and this is the this is where they are. They're working with the Republic to expand and spread the the message of collective good. And into the dark, we, we kind of like we, we shrink it down. We minimize the scope to like um, a firefly type of ragtag group of people who you, of course, fall in love with because Claudia Gray. Right. Yeah. yeah. Huh? Fall in love with Vintians. <laughs> I want to see more Vintians. So so do I. Uh, and I, I love one of the things is uh, because of the nature of the book, sometimes things especially like i had mentioned before they get kind of grouped in with this like ya category but um as fern expertly puts it ya young reader middle grade they're not really genres they're just categories that are useful for marketing uh and the smaller scope more intimate scope of the book is incredible to me it uh, if if Light of the Jedi is Clone Wars, this is Rebels. We get to spend time with this this group of people and their interactions with each other. We get to expand on the history and the past um, of each of these characters. Uh, for anyone that hasn't read it yet here in the chat, uh, there is also kind of a subplot line that happens about 20 years in the past and yeah. the context that you get on these characters it's just it's beautiful the flashbacks i like i spent a great deal of time wondering why are we getting these and then later on in the book when like things start coming together i started yelling like while while listening because it was <laughs> so good. Yeah. i just i mean i'm obsessed with orla but it's mm. so good. I just needed my prop so I could do a shout out to Fern. Read this book. Read this book. <laughs> Read this book. Read this book. Yeah. No, she she really nailed it with that. <laughs> um, any Anything else jump out at you guys about the book? And again, we are kind of being light on the spoiler, but... Um, we, we can kind of bring out how, uh, I mean, the, the crew of the vessel, uh, what, what, what people, you know, I mean, they are, what if you, if someone has their shirt, 
open all the way down to to like their belly button and they're already high <laughs> on spice when they meet them for the first time you're like what is this but not only that but this this concept of um of perspective where the Jedi or specifically Wreath is like, Oh, you guys live out there on the frontier in like the, the, the wild lands or whatever. And they're like, well, that's just home for us. Like you guys live here. Like, don't think of us as that. That's just your perspective. Like, I don't want to be here because outside feels like inside. It's super weird. Um, and some, some of these larger concepts are just really great in this era. Yeah, I mean, agreed. It's just uh, first of all, I'm happy. To, I'm happy to confirm, or at least uh, know that Claudia Gray based Leox on Matthew McConaughey. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it makes it makes total sense now. Yeah, it makes total sense. You can picture him in the captain's chair going, "All right, all right, all right." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know what that is? That's just. Um, that's just a booking to say, hey, Matthew McConaughey, you have job security in five years' time when we adapt into the dock into a <laughs> Disney Plus miniseries. you got a job lined up. Uh, I want to spend so much more time with all the characters in that book, mostly the vessel. Like, all of the members of the vessel are just mm. great. And then Wreath, I, I think we needed a Jedi like Wreath because... We got a lot of sword fighting in in the rest of Star Wars. It was really refreshing to see someone who just wants to sit down and read his books. Yeah. <laughs> also, there's Wreath is less the, the main character of this book is less force sensitive than most other Jedi that we run into. So mm. he he's gonna have a harder time with a lot of these things, and it's it's funny like everyone else essentially gets. Br- brain blasted and like he's like oh i'm okay and I'm like uh, <laughs> you know but that's that's kind of a, a cool thing is as well uh i also want to shout out uh you know connor in the chat who says you know i i also love uh vernestra Rowe and there we go vern vern is is great uh vern and fern i i mean i put fern ahead of vern but it's it's pretty fern close and yeah yeah i mean you, you know what i mean vern uh no, old reference. All right. <laughs> uh, I do wanna. I do. Also, wanna Fern says flex. read this book. Um. <laughs> I do wanna flex? I'm the only one with a High Republic Jedi badge. I've got to get myself one. Clearly, I think I'm missing out there. You rocking all that merch? No one apparently knew about the event that would grab you one of these. Yeah. Jealous. I'm jealous. Can I add quickly for the, the of sake debate. of... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Go ahead, Tate. Uh, for the sake of just, like, breaking down into the dark, I know it's not really, like, um, a core theme of the book, but can we talk about how this book had horror elements to it? Horror yes. elements in a Star Wars book? Like, I think if you had to tell someone, yeah, we got a horror Star Wars story, they'd look at you funny. They'd be like, Star Wars isn't about horror. But you've got this insanely creepy space station, this terrarium in the middle of it, all these weird statues. And it's got like a um, an H.R. Geiger kind of feel, like an alien feel walking around in this abandoned like space station. I just love that. That's what really sunk me in. You can have the wacky crew, you can have the wacky cast, but that setting is what makes it the cherry on top. That's what brings the book to life for me. Yeah, absolutely. it was like a campy horror too, right? Because like yeah. you're, 
you were introduced to the Granger, and then the first thing you hear is our meat, fresh meat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like a goose. It's like a Goosebumps book. You know what I mean? Where it's like yes. these really scary villains, but they're all saying like flesh, flesh, meat, meat. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, I don't know what's going on. Your video has frozen, at least for me. Oh, has it? Let's fix that, shall we? Uh, right. Just, just wanted to call it out. <laughs> it's all, all good, man. All good. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so then the uh, uh, next question is, do you recommend these books? Which I feel like I know the answer. But the question is, uh, to whom? To whom? You, you're, you're a book salesman. What's, what's your pitch? Uh, and who, who's your target demographic? Wow. <laughs> you don't know anything about Star Wars. No prior knowledge. This is the book for you. <laughs> so, so are you saying the offer it to anyone who's walking? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's it. I mean, like, if you, if, you, <laughs> if you don't have any prior knowledge, you've never gotten into the books before, you don't read the comics, and you want to get into books, um, normally I would ask you what is your favorite time period and then recommend. But yeah. as of late... A lot of people are asking the question, and I <laughs> just like Flight of the Jedi uh, or into the, either of these books really would serve as a great kind of appetizer for the High Republic. But I think the High Republic serves um, as a hard entry point for Star Wars books just because you don't need to know. Like the, the, the connections they're making aren't, you know, they're not they're not dependent on you knowing about them. But they're awesome if you know about them. But uh, and that's the thing. Like if you start in the original, if you start in the sequels, if you start in any other time period and they, they do make connections, um, you and you don't know about it, then it's kind of like loses its luster almost. But in this one, it's it's make, it's making a connection to the future. So it's not as consequential to know about these connections. And so like, you know reading about new characters, a new story, a new timeline that no one knows about, including us, like, you know, our, the, the lore guys on TikTok, like, before we read the book, you knew as much as we did about the High Republic. So if you keep up with the High Republic stuff, we're on the, we're on a loving level playing field. And uh, yeah, you don't, you don't, the barrier of entry for the High Republic is severely low. It's zero. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, that's a really good point, honestly, that um, it's like people say all the time, everyone's Star Wars is their first Star Wars. So if this is the era that you're ready to get into, you can jump in with us and go along for the ride. I would honestly be really interested in seeing this from the perspective of someone who has never gotten into Star Wars, like no films, no show, and that this is their first Star Wars. I would like to see that journey and how it reflects on the rest of the saga and whatnot. But um, honestly, from my perspective, who would I recommend these books to? I would recommend it to two groups of people. I would recommend it to, of course, anyone who loves Star Wars, but specifically if you like the prequel era and you like the Old Republic, because to me, the High Republic is just a marriage of those two. You get all the insane, crazy action and stories that come with the expanded universe and the Old Republic, but you also get that kind of background aesthetic of the Jedi Knights, the order, where they stand, how they do it. If that's what interests you, then this is for you. But as well, if you like an original trilogy person, you like rogues and smugglers and devious characters, this will also be for you. And if you like the sequel trilogy with this really rich and complex 
complex themes associated with those characters, then this is going to be for you. It's really for everyone. And that's why it's kind of heartbreaking to me that not a lot of people have tried to give it a chance. It's not their fault because it can be very daunting. But I think if you have a hand to hold to help you leap into it, you can have so much fun with it. I, I blame I blame a couple of YouTubers. Oh, I, I would be very pitiful for anyone who goes to the comment section of a High Republic video on Star Wars YouTube page. It's quite a cesspool, if I have to yeah. say. You're not going to enjoy anything if you're not enjoy if you're not consuming it in good faith. Yeah, I don't even think any of them consume it. To be honest, no, they just look at the pictures and go, "This isn't Old Republic. This isn't this isn't this." But it's something so much like it's more accessible for anyone to yeah. get into something new. You don't want to do a carbon copy of the Old Republic. That's why you have the High Republic. Old Republic is still there. Anything before the prequels is the Old Republic because that's the Old Republic, the Old Order. But yeah, again. High Republic is for anyone who loves Star Wars. And there's something for everyone. We've got a manga coming out in June, Edge of Balance. We have a straight-to-graphic novel coming out in June as well, Monster Temple Peak. We have our human stories, our personal stories. Hopefully, we'll get some pilot stories down the line for those guys. So, yeah, again, for anyone, really. And we got an audiobook-specific announcement of a Lorna Lorna D uh, book. So I screamed. I screamed. I literally screamed. Kevin Scott, man. SJW propaganda, Justin says. You know, I, I saw I saw a video about the High Republic. It was reacting to the Buriaga Agaburi like character profile video. So they didn't read the books. They didn't know about the story of the character. They just reacted to that video. And for some reason, and this is probably elitist of me to say, but if you don't know about Roshir trees and Wookiees, what like don't make a video complaining about a Wookiee that has a wooden hilt because it makes sense. <laughs> Wait, it's not something to be. About that? It yeah. was this video that was complaining about it. He's like, why does why does this Wookiee have a wooden hilt? That's so so SJW. And I'm just like, watch Clone Wars. Gunky has a wooden watch, hilt. Watch Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> well, Just in, in general, <laughs> and that's and that's what you and that's what you're saying with um, with watching these things in, in good faith, because, again, I also I mean, I recommend it to, to everyone. And I think there's a case for anyone to be interested in it. Are you not a fan of the sequels? Then start here. It's a wildly different. It's the exact opposite world. As, as the sequels if, do, how, how do you feel about Qui-Gon Jinn read this do, are you a big fan of Anakin do you think that the Jedi failed him you want to see what the Jedi should have been doing read this yeah. uh, and, and it's 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 awesome but uh, yeah like you said there are I mean I saw one that was like this is this is obviously terrible because Wookiees don't have last names. And you're like, what? <laughs> you're reaching. You're you reaching with your criticism. <laughs> so that, that's the whole thing that you brought up where, um, with Element. It's like, if you're going to go into it with good faith, you're either going to go into the story going, oh, wow, that's a new bit of lore. Wookiees do have last names. I wonder what Chewbacca's last name is. Or you can go into it and be negative about it. Again, it's the approach. Are you going to go in with a light side mentality or a dark side mentality? 
Yeah, being obstinate about names. Imagine that. <laughs> Star Wars fans and surnames, huh? Never. Yeah. Like, he wasn't just Han until some dude recruiter was just like, Solo. And that's it. <laughs> no one's saying he's not a Solo. Where are his papers? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's weird. Um, but uh, okay, I, w- I want to hit a couple couple times because uh, I mean you guys are just awesome to talk to. You, but there are more things down the line that I really want to hit. Um, mm. r- real quick though, lightning round. What are your thoughts on the galaxy at this time? The Jedi at this time. The Drengear and the Nile. Uh. I'll, I'll go first. Uh, the, the galaxy at this time is, is really interesting because, again, the Outer Rim territories is what is like the expansionary region at this time. So like the this is the frontier, whereas in the, the Star Wars that we know, the Outer Rim is just the Outer Rim. And then the unknown regions is where it's unknown. But this time it's it's really interesting to see how like places like Tatooine, who we're you know, typically familiar with, is unfamiliar in this in this time there's so many worlds that are the frontier um the high republic jedi amazing uh you know it's so awesome to learn that so many things about the jedi that were often left to speculation leading up to this era like celibacy like they they have a clear answer for you now um and uh processing grief um processing emotions you know we're we're getting a lot of context in these books where they're saying no it's we're not suppressing emotion i mean we got some of it in the canaan comic with depo balaba but in this one they're they're giving you specific prose like we do not suppress emotion but we have to rule our emotions and not let them rule us so it's not it's not necessarily saying you can't feel it's just saying don't let your feelings you know, overwhelm you, right? And then they give Wreath some time to process um, his grief uh, with the loss of of Duramali, and then they they have a, like a grieving process in within the crash that is like, hey, take a couple of days, come back, and let me know what you want to do. And so this is a lot of this stuff with the Jedi that that was previously kind of like either interpreted in some way or just kind of ambiguous um the drenger man they're they're gonna be they're gonna be some really really tough cookies to to fight because like dark side we're, we're seeing some of this in the comics i don't want to spoil it for Haley in case she wants to um get into it in the future but like the drenger being able to affect well, we, there, there are some of it in Into the Dark, but being able to affect their mentality, being to being able to kind of twist their minds in the way that they do, especially people who are of the dark side, and um, especially when it is the Sith in the first place that sealed them. So it's kind of like, I, I made a video on it, it's like the enemy that the Sith feared more than the Jedi, and, and I think... The, the idea that that could be the Drenger it, it creates a whole host of like implications as to how fearsome they could be in the, in future books. And the Nile, oh, the Nile like exceeded my expectations by spades, you know, like it's Marchion turned out to be someone that um, was a complete 180 from what I thought he was going to be 
you know, I think everyone has made this sentiment in talking about Light of the Jedi where Marchion started off like this whiny schoolboy who was trying to reconcile with his father's legacy, but turned out to be this James Bond villain that is completely twisted and has agendas and ha- and just like wraps people around his finger effortlessly. And then like at the end with, with Loden, it's like the, this setup for, for the Nile and how they could, you know, um, ravage the galaxy is, is crazy. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I also, I got to call out Justin Thorson because talking about Wookiee last names and he says Chewbacca Bakachu. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Make it canon. Make it canon. I want to see how many people get the stuff in a twist. <laughs> and then uh, Grandmaster Nick says, so how did the Jedi go from accept your feelings to no feelings at all? And I think that's kind of the point that we're seeing here that, um, Nowhere in Star Wars or in the prequels did they ever say people weren't allowed to feel. Um, as as fans, people have interpreted things. Uh, I've I've noticed that there's a lot of people who have a um, religious background that have imposed the rules of their own religion on top of the Jedi, but it's not a thing. Now, uh, we we already know that. There is only, what, 20 lost Jedi? They're they not out there expelling people. They don't get mad at people. Um, we had Quinlan yeah. Voss, who straight up fell to the dark side. Like, they... And they, they brought him back. Like, they've always been accepting of everyone and of their feelings. Makes me think back to um, Dooku Jedi Lost when there is a, a Jedi Master that, you know, has a kid and is unsure what to do. And Yoda's like... I wish you had told me I would have helped you like let us help you and that's that is supposed to be their mentality that largely is their mentality even in the days of the prequels you know when when Anakin talks to Yoda um, about his fear of losing someone Yoda tells him to rejoice you know for that person um, he doesn't know Anakin didn't tell him the per- like they're in the middle of a war uh, and it's it's likely he could be talking about Obi-Wan or another Jedi and it's like we're in war times I'm sorry rejoice love them uh, as as your brother but let it go if if they pass and I actually think that's a that's a great message if you don't know who he's talking about which Yoda didn't um, so yeah. I love how this this um, era is contextualizing those things, because I think one of the disconnects between fans and the sequel trilogies or this era or, or a lot of Star Wars things in general is we didn't get enough content before. And so people's headcanon could run amok. And then something happens that your headcanon doesn't agree with. But it's it's Star Wars. It's part of Star Wars. It's always been part of Star Wars. Uh, they have the same group of people at Lucasfilm who are ke- the keeping the holocron and making sure this stuff is how it's supposed to be. It's not that uh, it's not that Disney doesn't know what they're doing. It's No, this was Lucasfilm's story group's choice, and it's the same exact story group that's always been there. Your, your, your headcanon 
is off. Um, and rather than taking new information and saying, you know, uh, how does this fit? Some people are just trying to discount it outright. And that's I think that's kind of where we're running into some some problems. But um to to keep on 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 top i apologize for going off on a whole whole rant but um i mean do do uh the rest of of you uh hayley or or tate have more thoughts on you know the overall galaxy the overall jedi this time the drengear the nile i mean what do i start honestly there's so much to take in nowadays with the high republic but i think What's really interesting is that although we're at a point in time where the Jedi and the galaxy are perceived in really different ways, we're starting to see things trickle down slowly to the prequel trilogy. I like to almost think that the place in time that we joined the High Republic is almost like the it's about to hit the climax and the decline of the High Republic. There's um, I wouldn't spell it out in spoilers, but in I think issue three of one of the comics, there's a citizen that reacts really negatively to Avar and Keeve interfering. More along the lines of like, oh, we've, we don't need Jedi. We've never needed Jedi in the Outer Rim. Why, are you, why do you Jedi want to come to the Outer Rim? So although there's this really nice public perception of the Jedi being romanticized as heroes, I think it's even mentioned that they have like fan fiction, like uh, novels Jedi written about them. romance novels, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's such a, a really interesting public perception about them, but we're seeing the galaxy, the different sections of the galaxy, like the core, the mid-core, the outer rim, it's all got a really interesting like connectivity to it and how it all relates. So I think that's really cool. I love seeing um, the new Chancellor, I think Alina So, if I'm saying that correctly, she is a, an exceptional breath of fresh air compared to Palpatine and uh, <laughs> Valorum. She's yeah. incredible. I love the politics of this era. I like how it's almost like a cooperation between the political side and the Jedi side. And compared to that, like one sided, you will do this, otherwise, it's not going to work from the prequels. So, put Anakin yeah. on this council. <laughs> put, put Anakin on the council. And Avar would be like, hmm, I don't know about that one. Maybe. We'll see. But yeah, I, <laughs> Avar would I be like, like hard pass. <laughs> 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 she would. She would a, connect We've got a frontier everyone. outpost for him if you want. <laughs> we'll send him way over there. <laughs> yeah, she would connect everyone's minds and link them all up, and they'd all think together. No, and that's not going to happen. <laughs> um, I've got two hundred Jedi in my mind. They all said no. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, I'm curious yeah. about that connection. If Anakin were part of it, and it was how. <laughs> <laughs> just like I feel like everyone would just be irritated of like there's one person in this connection like oh god okay stop thinking about Padme first of all why are you so angry like can we just like <laughs> down a couple notches Anakin uh, yeah. but sorry keep going Tate yeah no but um on that topic, um, the Jedi of the High Republic, I remember reading the first interview that came out where they said all the Jedi perceive the Force in really unique ways. And I think that's the most interesting part. Um, Ava, she hears the Force as a song of life and death, and she sings to it, and it sings to her. Um, Bell sees it as like a fire, a raging fire that goes, grows and goes down. I think Elzar sees it as a storm. Um, but Yaga sees it as like a leaf on a grand tree that he has to climb. Like, that's beautiful. I remember reading that and I teared up. I got emotional. I'm like, wow, this is what the Jedi is supposed to be? I'm in. But like Element said, this Arthurian um, type of Jedi, the round table, they, all, they even have the cross guard swords with the, <laughs> the blade god. Like, it's perfect. It's literally King Arthur stuff. <laughs> I love it. I love how unique they are. I love how diverse they are. I love 
seeing a lot of more alien Jedi as well. I know people struggle to relate to alien Jedi, but I, you know, it's Star Wars. I like seeing characters like um, Boyaga and Loden. And I think one of my new favorites so far has been, like I said, Vern. I love seeing characters like that. Um, when it comes to the baddies, though, the baddies of the High Republic, the Dren gear are exactly what I needed. I personally am very tired of seeing uh, legions of people in white armor as the villains of an era. So the Dren gear for me were just such a nice breath of fresh air. Again, like goosebump style monsters running around yelling, meat, 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 eat, eat, flesh, flesh. I think that's hilarious, but also the menace that they add and the way they elaborated on in the media, the way they portrayed, they are horrifying and scary. I'm pretty sure um, some of you would have read that um, little snippet from, I think it was Dark Legends. They had a Dren gear story in there. I think like the Target exclusive version and that story is horrifying and it just sends chills down my spine so knowing that going forward into the High Republic I am excited and terrified and we haven't even gone into the Nile which are just Mad Max Vikings that um, smoke blue gas and rape ships <laughs> I think whatever I think, they want when they want whatever they want when they want it's such a unique perspective we've gone from these big empires and orders that we're so familiar with and we've gone down to like 30 dudes in a ship bickering over food and who's getting the next hit of the the space booth it's really such a refreshing perspective to see and again the whole hierarchy like the second i opened the book i started jotting down i'm like okay cloud strikes tempest runners nah, nah, nah. like trying to figure it out part of that puzzle and that riddle of getting to know this new organization is really interesting and the knowledge i think it's mentioned in some of the more recent comics like Tarkin refers to the nile as like oh they're just like a group of raiders you know they're just a group of raiders but now we see them in their glory I think it's so refreshing. And I think um, something Kavan Scott said in one of the interviews was, what do the Jedi fear most? What would they fear most? And something that represents pure order and unity and the light going up against a band of marauders who are just merciless brutes, I think that's a perfect matchup. That is the Godzilla versus Kong of this era. It's just too perfect. I think yeah. every single group has like such a unique um perspective to it like we yeah. have not seen enemies in star wars like this before and we haven't seen the jedi like this before like one very minor thing i want to point out is um like they they revere their lightsabers like this is they're only gonna ignite it or at least like wreath is not gonna ignite it unless he has to and I think in the prequels, like I was just listening to um, Dark Disciple and it talked about Obi-Wan and Anakin running down the hallway with their lightsabers ignited. And <laughs> we would not see that in, in this era. And um, yeah, I, I, I love the Jedi. I think it's what lives inside my head when I think of the Jedi are these these people who follow the Force and um, Drengir and Nile are both just they're real problems for the Jedi to contend with and the, yeah. the galaxy at large to contend with. And um, I just, I think this, this High Republic is doing such a good job. It makes me wonder about what kind of legacy that the, the Nile leave behind, because you think about Emphis Nest and whether or not she's wearing Marchion Rose helmet and if her Cloud Riders are a namesake to the Nile in some way, shape, or form. I mean, oh, snap. clouds and storms. Oh, and, snap. But but just with oh. a more positive spin on it, I, I think there has to be a connection there. Um, I don't know. 
okay. That, that kind of blew my mind for a second. <laughs> hold up, hold up. It's, it's like how it's like how we've reclaimed pirates from being like these band of marauders to like television shows and like kiddie entertainment. Is that what Infos did for the Nile? I, I love um, it. That's what I'm. That's what I'm theorizing. I love it. I love it. I love it. I just can't <laughs> get past the Cloud Rider having anything to do with like the Storm Rider or the Tempest Runners. You know. Mm. But but by the way, does anyone here? Who is it? The, the doors like riders on the storm. Is that playing anyone's? <laughs> no, just me. I haven't listened. Just, no. Okay. I think it might be you, man. I think it's you. <laughs> it's okay. I'm a weird dude. Uh, anywho, <laughs> oh, no, I, I I I do love how um, uh, the, the the galaxy is just such a unique place at at this point in time that it's. Like I said, it's, it's it's a frontier. It's two hundred years before. This is the Wild West days, um, you know, versus versus the old Republic, which is like the Babylonians and like the Assyrians, like slaughtering people. You know what I mean? Like how yeah. how this all all fits in. Um, watching the Jedi do what they're supposed to do. I love how you brought that out, um, Haley, how uh, there's a point where Wreath has to save someone and he thinks of how to do it. And he's like, well, um, an arm replacement is cheaper and more comfortable than a leg <laughs> replacement. So like, you know, rip uh, your arm. Uh, but he, he considers that, you know, the Jedi ships that they have, First of all, they're not assigned to anyone. Anyone can hop in any... So that's a great view on how they think of possessions. But until you put your lightsaber into the mechanism, there's no guns or anything like that. It means that you have to actively make these decisions. It's just such a cool little spin on things for these people to truly be heroes. And that's that's one of the things that I love. Um, all right, so for, for the next part... Okay, so... I apologize if this is tough because I'm going to ask you guys to keep something in mind before asking you guys further questions. So uh, when we end this podcast, I'm going to ask you how you would see the force because um, we know everyone sees it differently. But we'll give you t- some time to think about that. Um, now, I we, we got to ask. So what is what is your guys's favorite book? of the High Republic so far and why your favorite character and why as well as your favorite relationship now when I say relationship doesn't have to be romantic it could be Master and Apprentice it could be Friends uh, it, it could be Captain um, Vintian uh, it c- could could be whatever uh, but yeah what <clears throat> what are your guys' thoughts on there and then uh, real quick I got a s- do a quick shout out because uh, I asked Cal Forer in the chat this and he really loves uh, Bell Zedifar, um, yeah. Bell's perspective and uh, the self-doubt and being able to overcome it is, is unique and it's not something that we always see in Star Wars and then for a uh, relationship he said the dynamic between Avar Chris and Elzar Man. I uh, love seeing the two Jedi be so close and connected, but keeping it within the code and supporting each other. So I thought that was really cool. Um, then I asked the same thing to Arya L. She said she loves, she also loves Avar and, and Elzar um, and Stellan. 
I wouldn't even think about Stellan Geos, but uh, I love Stellan. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also the relationship between Orla and, and Comac is as well. Um, I almost, um, when you sent the guide, I almost thought it was going to be Orla and Comac for me. But um, I got to go with, um, oh my gosh. Why am I not seeing my notes? Um, sorry. I think it's it's Geode and um, and er, Geode. I apologize for my mind just taking a total vacation. <laughs> um, Leox and Aki. Oh my gosh! Oh, yeah. I yeah. just my heart melted. Like they truly care about each other, but like in a in like a mentorship kind of way, sort of like mm. absolutely heartwarming. Uh, I, I love it. And then what, what about the other? So, so oh, which yes. are the three books and why? And then uh, character overall, you've kind of told us, but but you can you can hit it. Yes. Again. Character overall. Gotta be Orla Jereni. I think she is so cool. And I really like yeah. that she's following the force. Like she's a Jedi uh, Wayseeker, I think it's called. Absolutely incredible. Um, and then favorite book. Gotta be Into the Dark. Like it is. It's an amazing book. Uh, All right, I'll go next. I'll take it up. Um, I'm going to break the rules. I'm going to break the rules a bit. My favorite relationship that I've seen at the moment, it's very new, it's very fresh, it's not too complex into it, but Yoda's relationship that he has with the Padawans, this happens in the comics, that is my favorite thing. Because as a fandom, we know Yoda to be a teacher. He says wise things, we wear it on t-shirts and we have it on our wallpapers. But to see him actually in a mentorship kind of role, instructing, helping out and talking to citizens, talking to Padawans, helping them reassert their fears and where they stand with the force, I think that is just like the cherry on top. For any Yoda fan or any Star Wars fan to see, I think seeing Yoda in that kind of position is really cool. But um, also, big fan of Vern and Imri. Like I said, that dynamic is going to be electric going into the next couple of books. That's definitely my favorite relationship and probably my two favorite characters at the moment. Though, I, of course, love Geode. I love Orla. I love Avar. Um, Boyaga as well doesn't get a lot of love. I like how you've got a Wookiee who is big, burly, fluffy, and whatnot. But he actually has a lot of... Um, insecurity and self-doubt about himself especially during the Hetzel crisis where he's kind of like uh, guys I don't know if I'm I don't know if I'm ready for this I don't know if I'm ready to step out you get such a big it's a gentle giant kind of character it's a classic trope but I, I really do love it and for favorite book I am not just saying this to fit in with the Claudia Gray fan club but Into the Dark is easily the best one that's just that it's Claudia Gray man well what can I say 10 out of 10 automatically <laughs> uh, I, I love it uh, Elman uh, so yes my favorite book is Into the Dark uh, I'm a huge character driven type of person and Claudia Gray is like she runs a clinic on characters like 24-7 and so she made me fall in love with Avintian she made me fall in love with a whole group of people that I largely did not meet yet in either the, of the books right yeah. like the, this was a new group of people and uh, the arc that they go through in the book is just fascinating and uh, uh, my favorite character is Orla um, with Vern and Belle um, close behind but Orla just because she's she's always got seemingly pristine white robes 
Um, <laughs> she reminds me of a light side Ventress. If she had stayed a Jedi and never fallen, oh. the way she carries herself, her disposition, and how she speaks to Comac is just like if if you had never fallen, Ventress, you would have been like this. And she's got she's got double sabers, so. Uh, white double sabers too, yeah. Purified <laughs> um, crystal white, like double sabers. Yeah, yeah. Somehow still pristine, right? <laughs> uh, my favorite relationship is Reetha Non. That's something that I didn't think I would appreciate, but like, dang, when... you stole mine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not surprising. They but had still. they had such chemistry in the beginning, and then like the reveal happens, and you're just like, no. That's not going to be the case. But then it is the case. And then you realize what she does for him. And then you're like, OK, so some of it was was genuine. I think there's a there's a chance here for it to be a thing. So you're saying I got a chance. <laughs> yes, exactly. exactly. <laughs> One hundred. Uh, uh, Cal for in the chat um, also says, can we get some some Des ride in love? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and and whew. the uh, brotherhood between him and Reith, incredible. Yes, and, and that's the thing I realized. I just need more of uh, of having um, apprentice more. and former <laughs> apprentice interact because it's it's everything. You know, having Qui Gon uh, interact rail. with Rail, yeah. uh, and, and stuff like that, where they have this. So they're they're truly like brothers you know in the sense of the jedi uh, i i just i just love it so um for me when it comes to relationships you know reetha nan is is definitely like i i loved that of like ah, uh, i can't wait to see it because you you know you know it's coming back you know what i mean yeah. what's gonna happen there we we don't know um and also you know, Reith's new master has some misgivings about some certain things, and so we don't know how that's going to affect him as well. Just lots of possibilities there. Now, I can tell you that was my favorite, but I can tell you what is going to be my favorite. Avar and Eldar? No. Lula and Zine. Uh, and yes, I, I, I yes, apologize. Yes, it's a comic. Yes. It's a comic. Yes, thing. yes, yes, yes. That's yes. why I didn't guess that. Tell me, was, tell me. Um... We love Lula. We stand Lula. Uh, having two young girls that have very similar but opposing relationship with the Force itself yes. meet each other um, is, is it's just a fascinating. It's yeah. It's part of the the High Republic Adventures series. Yes. Um, uh, Element, would you mind characterizing it for for Haley? She's made it clear she wants the spoiler. It's not even a spoiler, but it's it's so. Like- Lula Lula is kind of like she strives to be the best Jedi, but also tangles with the fact that she can't really like live up to that. But Zine is a is a Mickeyan like Tiplar and Tipley from the Clone Wars, who whose culture is surrounded in like you know, holding the force and sacrosanct. You're not supposed to touch it. You're not supposed to use it. But she is powerful in this thing that you're not supposed to use. It's like, I think Chaco said it best. Treat it like fire. You can't touch it, right? It's sacred. Um, but then they meet and um, she's forced to use this thing 
And so now she's uh, off with Yoda and the Padawans and Lula, and yes. things are going to happen, you know. Um, yeah. Cocktails are going to... Yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited to see where it goes. I apologize for stepping into the comics. I had to because I stole <laughs> yeah, mine. Rude. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and number two, Carrot and Serret. Serret and Tarek. <laughs> well, I mean, if, if we're talking comics, there's also Buckets of Blood and his relationship to healing. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> but <laughs> let's. Uh, all right. So so going forward, uh, let's let's do. Uh, let, let's put the next two together. Um, what what are you most excited for coming up here um, in the High Republic? And then, you know, so what book or project that's coming out? It's got you hyped and stepping outside of just the High Republic. If you could make an author, you pick the author and you choose what they're going to write about. What, what's what, what are you getting? Uh, um. I'm most excited for the Ryan, jo- Ryan Johnson trilogy because that's going to be High Republic. Oh, and that's what I'm <laughs> predicting. Uh, but but if, but if you know, but in terms of like confirmed projects, my I'm probably most excited about Ronin and Edge of Balance because we have not gotten an original manga from um, Star Wars. Uh, it's always been a manga that's adapted from a, a current book, and so Edge of Balance is going to be an original manga. And Ronin is going to be based on uh, an anime in Visions. So I think Ronin is going to be in the High Republic era because of, you know, yeah, aesthetic. Stuff, yeah. Aesthetics of <laughs> High Republic seemingly being feudal Japan oriented. I'm assuming <laughs> it's one of the frontier worlds, right? I, I'd be shocked if it wasn't. All right. Now, you, you are going to be able to grab a writer and force them to write a Star Wars book what, who, who you grab and what are they writing um this lady <laughs> um <laughs> she's hmm I don't want to steal your answer because I know it's going to be some has something to do with with that with that uh, no, so. it's fine. It's fine. You, you do you. I, I, I have I do have a, a, a pocket one of those <laughs> just in case. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll give it to you. I, I, I highly doubt we're going to, you know, cross over on this one. But I, I would love a Claudia Gray book on on Orla Jereni and being a way seeker and her journey uh, discovering her connection to the force and reconciling with what with her. um ability to accept her instincts and just you know her arc coming full circle through being a way seeker because it's a it's a it's a new thing that we don't know like it was introduced to us you can you can take the barish or you could be a way seeker and like we don't know what that is about and then we're we're starting to like theorycraft is ahsoka a jedi now in the mandalorian but she's a way seeker is this like the idea that she's you know you know pursuing so yeah, Orla Journey of the Wayseeker. The book would be called The Wayseeker. Ooh, it's got a good ring to it. Yeah. <laughs> this, is the way. <laughs> this is the way. This is the Wayseeker. This is the Wayseeker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. 
I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. Um, things I'm most excited for coming up. I don't hear a lot of buzz about this character and it makes me upset. I can't sleep at night because of this. But uh, Ty Yorick is going Ooh. to be the best character in the High Republic. I will put credits on the table right now. Uh, Monster Temple Peak, I am stupid excited for because it's a Tyoric book and Kevan Scott's writing it. And he's even plugged in a Jackson type alien, so that's already going to be a win for me. Um, the way that Ty is described as a Witcher Jedi, as yes. if a Witcher would be Jedi, I'm like, cool, you got that's, me. Book. That's the first thing that I, that I latched onto with Ty. That was awesome. Yeah, I'm like, okay, cool, perfect. That's all I need. And Purple Saber Gang, perfect. That, that's a win for me already. <laughs> uh, um, also really excited, like Edmund said, for Age of Balance. Uh, Lily looks like such a great character, and I really want to see the aesthetic that they go for. Um, really excited for, I think, Race to Crash Point Tower as well, because that has Lula in it, and I'm a big fan of Lula. And I think his name is Jam Tamaran or something like that. He's a member of Yellow Saber Gang, so I mean, I've got to represent <laughs> yeah. there, so I got to get on that. And also, um, again, breaking the rules, going to comic side. I don't know if any of you have seen the cover for High Republic issue seven. I know, I think, Element, you spoke about it, but on the cover, there is a, well, should I say it? Should is, I even... is someone riding a Rancor on the cover? Is yeah. that? <laughs> That's issue six. Issue seven's cover came out for June, and on the cover for issue seven is a red lightsaber. And I saw that and I went, boom. I'm like, I, okay. I didn't see that yet. Deer in, the, deer in the headlights moment. I'm like, are they doing it already? Are they, what is going on? So I want to see what's up with that. I have a running joke with my friend that I'm waiting for the point in the High Republic where Tenebris and Plagueis walk onto stage and they go, hello, I'm Tenebris and Plagueis and we are the Sith in hiding. So I really want to see what's up with Red Sabers in the High Republic. Maybe that'll tie into Orla in some way. Who knows? But um, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I'm 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 mostly hoping that that Tenebris is going to be either the the master or the, or the Padawan or not or apprentice chosen by whoever is in the acolyte. But that's a. That's I would love it. that. As long as he's still a Bith, I'll be fine. I want to see my Bith Sith. Um, okay. So I'm looking at this cover. It is a close up of Keith Trennis, and she's clashing mm -hmm. with a red lightsaber. Is that the yeah. one you're talking about? That's the one. Yeah. Hmm. What's your thoughts, man? Are, do they have Witcher Sith? That would be cool. Not not Sith, but like, you know, cell sword Darksiders that use red lightsabers. I don't know. I, I don't I don't know. They're not going to do the Sith this early. I doubt it. Yeah. My for my my first thought was, is this anything to do with Loden? Because if it is panic. Oh, 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 <laughs> don't. Do that to me. Uh, right. Hatu, Hatu, <laughs> Would he that? Would he be that quick to bleed his saber though, or does he, is he given a red one we, just for like sure. well, theatrics? I, but before before you go in too deep in anything, it's yo my bad, my bad. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're, you're you're fine. Uh, I I can't wait though. I I just pulled it up myself and. Um, yeah, yeah, get to see some more red lights. And the interesting part is because we do know that they have existed here before. Yeah. I mean, we have um, Orla is not the first person to also have a white lightsaber, which is, mm -hmm. you know, um, all of a sudden the name is escaping me. But someone else, Jorah, Matt. Jorah, I think, Jorah, yeah. Yeah. Um, purified a, a, a red pole saber. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, back before we go down the rabbit hole, if I could choose any author to come in, um, Daniel Jose Odo agreed with me on this one. I would sit Delilah Dawson down and I would say, Delilah, you did a really good job with Phasma. I like seeing you do villains. I really need you to do a Martian row book. I want to see. Oh, how you oh my God. You just broke my brain. That was a curveball right there. Oh, no, that's see. the greatest thing I've ever heard. Ever. I want to see how she does it. She did such a good job with uh, Phasma and Black Spire, I think. I think yeah. that's the second one. Yeah. With the way she had the villain, but then she also had like a Vi Moradi character on the side. I need to see that with Martian. More of the Tempest Runners, more of the Strikes, the Clouds, and then you can throw a Jedi in just for fun. Wow. I think Chaka's broken. I think I'm broken. Because I, 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 it's got that, that whole Mad Max vibe, but she, she also has this this just great, you know, she also did, she did the short story of, of um, Perfect Weapon, yeah. uh, which is the story of Bazin Natal, who is, we briefly see in the, fan, in the Force Awakens, is the person that calls the First Order to let them know that the Jedi yeah. are Takodana. Uh, but yeah, Delilah S. Dawson wrote that story as well, and I think she has a great sensibility when it comes to writing villains yeah. or evil people. Um, and the the Mad Max aesthetic of the Phasma book, if, if you haven't yeah. read it, it's a wild ride. It's so different than I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah, it lends itself perfectly to the Nile, so I, I, I love it. Uh, how, how about you, Haley? I think... Um if I could get any author to write a book, um, E.K. Johnston, I really like her books. Um, I would have it Ray post The Rise of Skywalker, um, have her meet up with Finn, you know, like start training Finn, but then also rebuilding the Jedi because I don't imagine her to be like, let's rebuild the Jedi Order because she does things differently. And I, I am so curious to see what storytellers would tell in that, um, that line of thought. And then what am I most excited for High Republic-wise? I don't really look too far into the future, so I don't know what <laughs> projects are planned, but I know there are different phases, and we're only in the first one. So I am so yeah. curious to see how this wraps up, because, because we don't hear anything about the Starlight Beacon, and it's a major part oh. of, of this era. And so I, I want to know what happens. I think Elements is about to whip up the facts on the Starlight Beacon appearing during the original trilogy. Am I? <laughs> well, I mean, I can. I can. Yeah. No, please, no. please do. Yeah, so they're currently doing a comic written by Charles Soule, who did Light of the Jedi. He is telling the story of after the Empire Strikes Back, the rebel forces are split up, they need to regroup, and the plan is to go to Starlight Beacon, turn it back online, oh, yes, use of course. the signals to unite <laughs> the Jedi, and it's called Operation Starlight, and if you take a shot every time it connects to the High Republic, you'll be blackout drunk by the first issue. There is High Republic droids showing up. There is Easter eggs galore. So maybe yeah, this we is the current that. Star Wars 2020. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was like, <laughs> does it show up? But yeah, they, they do mention it. In the oh, program. my God. I'm such an idiot. 
They did talk I'm, about it too. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm behind, I'm a little behind on, on that book, but, um, my bad. <laughs> but, oh no, no, that's not a problem at all. But the, them finding that, that old droid that speaks a certain language, I, I didn't even connect. It's such a sly, oh, you sly little mm. bastards. Uh, so, <laughs> Um, also, to to Haley's wanting to see uh, what writers might might do with the, the post sequels. Mm. Uh, go to my YouTube channel and search "Echoes of the Past." Absolutely, <coughs> that, is, that, that is my sequel. Uh, fully voiced, fully voiced audio oh. drama, music, sound effects, all all the good stuff. Um, oh, all right. Uh, the yeah. pleasure of having Daisy Ritt. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> He's got the next, the next thing, uh, next best, thing. next best thing, yes. Um, and uh, oh, did you did you say what you were most excited for, Haley? Um, so I don't really know what is coming up. So I I'm just excited to see how this era, because it seems like they're gonna have a good summation or good way to wrap this up. From from what I have heard. So I'm so interested to see how the story progressive progresses and then ends because this era is so very cool. Awesome. I, I, I love it. Okay. Man, this has been a, a great conversation. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna need to have you guys back when we like officially get into the next era or of the higher club or something like that. Um but whew. Uh, oh, for, for me, uh, the thing I'm most excited for is, and I've said a bunch of times, it's, it's the Acolyte. We need we need more dark side stuff yeah. that happens at the tail end of the High Republic. Um, so I, I need I need to see if this is going to be the backdoor pilot into a, a, a Plagueis organ or origin story or something like that. <laughs> uh, I, I'm excited because it's going to be a. Do we know if it's going to be a series or, or, or a film? Was that specifically stated? I, a series. Yeah. Okay. That's that's what I was thinking, but my mind was blanking on me. Um, as for well, they separated it in the announcements between TV shows and films. Ah. Okay. Yeah. I might have totally misunderstood your question. Are you talking in all of Star Wars excited? Uh. Or just High Republic? Well, in 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 all of it. Uh, what what oh, else? Is there anything else you got? I, I also got uh, Visions. I am so excited yes. for Visions yes. because we also have no idea what it's going to be. And I just I am so excited to see what it comes out to. When when they said it's 25,000 years that they're covering in Visions, you're like, what? What? I, 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 don't, even, I don't even know <laughs> what. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the day where I put on Visions and I get to hear a Jedi Master go yada yada. <laughs> uh, uh. So excited! Um, so the the book, and I think I've, I've said it before. This is what Element knows. I'm already gonna say. Uh, I I am grabbing Claudia Gray. Mm-hmm. But what I want her to tell is the first time Obi Wan went to Mandalore. Like I want, I want, I want. Uh, oh. I want uh, it's the story of Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon going to Mandalore. Um, maybe Qui-Gon has to save whatever ruler, but, you know, they're 
a princess Satine is off somewhere and he sends his Padawan to go save her and then we get like their backstory in the context of this and we also get to understand how Mandalore <coughs> came from this we are all warriors and we're gonna kill everyone to like we want peace and neutrality um I feel like there's a lot of stuff that could be told, especially coming of age stuff for Obi-Wan. Um, more Qui-Gon stuff is always good. If anyone were to touch this project, it, to me, it would have to be Claudia. Yeah, it's not as exciting if I were to take it from you. Because I, <laughs> I remember when I was at this event where I got this and you sent me that question, I was like, oh, he wants this book. So I was like, nah, I'm not going to take that from him. <laughs> uh, it's all good. It's all good. okay. All right. So, what we can go ahead and get started wrapping up. Um, I'm gonna get your guys's uh, closing thoughts. Where uh, anyone that is still rocking with us in chat can find you, um, as well as how do you guys see the force? Uh, oh. And I'll, I'll 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 go ahead and start with uh with Tate on this one. Oh, it, you had to pick me. Damn, son of a gun. <laughs> nah, um, you can find me, of course, at uh, Star Wars Fact Guy on TikTok. Again, I break down everything there is to know about what it's like to be living in the Star Wars world. We break down the life of characters, what the planets are like, what the different cultures and species are and how they operate. And you can find me, Star Wars Fact Guy, on Instagram. Now for the big cheese question. I was asked this on a live a while back because I brought up the whole different views of the force and I struggled to kind of put my thoughts into words, but I kind of see the force to me as like a signal, like a radio signal, like a satellite broadcast where it's a constant stream. It's always flowing. It's always bouncing back and forth. And sometimes there's disruptions in the stream. Sometimes there's a glitch. Sometimes it cuts out. But in the end, it's always about correcting that stream and ensuring the back and forth flow. So to me, it's about riding that stream, riding that signal and seeing where it takes you. You don't tell it where to go. You follow through with it. I think that's the best I can come up with and how I see it. I'm going to go next because it just popped in my head. Uh, I was going to ask you next because that's where my circle is. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the, it's I see the force as a game engine. I've oh. got primitives. I've got shapes. I've got a. I've got the. Um, I've got the uh, gizmo, which is the transform, rotate, and uh, and scale um, tool that you could put at, on anything and just kind of manipulate it. And then you're just kind of like being a level designer. You're in the world and you're controlling things and shaping it how you want it to. And then we have, you know, guidelines and snaps and anchors and pivots and, and all kinds of things that I have to, you know, keep it, uh, keep in mind when I'm like in Photoshop, like I have the guides and then I have, you know, snap to snap to these rules and, um, fonts and type sizes and all that stuff and controlling everything from a design perspective. Um, and then in the game engine world, you're controlling like the shapes and, and, and how things work with the scripts and, and just in general kind of, like that i see everything as a tool uh or as something to be <laughs> that sounds so bad as something to be manipulated but in a good way mm. uh, but yeah that's how i see it so no cool. I, I i love it because it's like a like a scaled back smaller version of the, the world it's very like neo <laughs> like yeah to 
Um, uh, and uh, before before I go to, oh, also, wh- where can we find you? Uh, on TikTok underscore element seven underscore youtube.com slash element seven, the number seven S letter S uh, element X style on Instagram. And you can find me in my in, in here uh, if you look hard enough um, and and uh, yeah, in, in comment section on all of your guys' videos sometimes when I have the time. I'm sorry, I don't. I don't comment. <laughs> <laughs> there is also an excellent podcast called Dyad in the Force that you guys should oh, check out, um, and a project that was briefly mentioned, Echoes of the Past. If you want um, an awesome idea of what could happen after the sequels, that's fully voice acted. Um, check that out on on his YouTube page. Harith uh, will also be on Dyad this week. Oh yes, we're talking about the Bad Batch trailer. Harith in, in the chat will will be uh, will be joining us for that conversation. And before I jump to Haley, sorry, I'm not trying to de- de- delay you, but I gotta call out um, real quick. You know, Brian with the beard views the force like like a million little bird wings beating, carrying him forward and lifting Ooh, him up. That's um, beautiful. Whew. Yeah, so that's 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 wonderful. I I love that. Um. We have uh, a Cal Four just 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 had an awesome one. Where'd it go? Okay, so this is like a sea of life fire, just radiant flaming energy from all mm. things, glowing, warm, invigorating. So I, yeah, I I I, I love that. Uh, Xcore Gamer Skills said. It was a, a kaleidoscope um, that. Well, yeah, it just says the force is a kaleidoscope. <laughs> this is a billion different points of multicolored light, some dark and foreboding, almost black, others brilliant and almost blinding and white. I love that one. That one's really good. Dang, we got some deep people in chat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, like how do I put together what I view of this man I yeah I I would imagine that you you view the force the same way you've set up your wall behind you Ooh, see it's kind of the opposite though because okay. like this is oh my gosh which side very <laughs> neat and orderly where I would definitely see the force as super abstract like I I almost see it as like different auras radi- radiating off of people. And like, if, if you feel the force, like you could get an instant sense of what is going on. Um, whereas like normal people see everything normally, but uh, for sensitive folks, like it, it's more electric and they feel things coming at them. And, and it's less picturesque as a lot of these amazing comments. And, um, and as Avar was able to, um, like articulate hers but i i think it's just energy and radiating off of all living beings i i love it i love it i, I was waiting for element to, to do a yoda impression i'd say it's energy i, I can tell he was thinking of it <laughs> <laughs> i can't always be predictable um it's energy it surrounds us there it is there it is <laughs> Uh, also, uh, where can we find you? And- oh, 
Yes, um, I am Corellia Coffee Works on TikTok, and that is that is about it. Awesome, awesome. Um, uh, so it's it's gonna be hard for me to to follow everyone here, um, because I I feel like mine because mine has has shifted, um, sort of. It's an infinite drum set. <laughs> got a got like a thousand toms in this directions and then a thousand snares and like a whole bunch of symbols up there. So just dream theater. Gotcha. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, no. So I, I, I do love to play music and I, I am a musician and that is, and I, and I know Avar Chris is already the music one, but um, I, I see it in that same, that's a very similar way where it's all about, uh, like the sound energy has, has amplitude and it has, um, notes and it has progressions and there's, there's keys. Um, there's, there's so much, there's so much to it. There's so much more than just sound. Uh, there's multiple sounds and how they can work together. There is, I mean, I, I want one, one time when my band was playing, we played for with monitors for the first time and, uh, they, they were set with a really odd, um, frequency range so that when a certain note was hit, I'd almost fall off my drum set. Like that, that was the thing that <laughs> literally happened to me, but I mean, there's there's so much to it. There, but like, like I said, there's there's different frequencies and they work together. Some work together. Some are opposed to each other. Um, but you can you can break glass or you can sue the baby to sleep. Um, that's that's how I'm approaching it. And also, there's this weird thought about hierarchy when it comes to the force and using abilities. That I think. Uh, probably should should die <laughs> because just because you know my my sister is an amazing singer right I didn't inherit that gene uh, I, I try to I've improved vastly from what I was but it's still not good um, but I, I'm I'm very good at the drums um, I will say about myself and I naturally I naturally got to that just because I'm good at drums I'm good at music you know I'm good at rhythm she's great at singing she's great at music she sucks at drums you know like it's it's they're different they're equal but they're different we all have different um, skills and we we need to also view it as that and yes while skills do translate um they all mean different things if you have someone that's an excellent vocalist and you put them on bass they might know what notes are going to work great together in a run or something like that um but may not know how to do it you put a guitarist on bass they may know where all the notes <coughs> are on it, but they may not be able to put together the same type of groove. You put a drummer on bass, it's a groove city, you know? But there's going to be a learning curve when it comes to the notes. It, it's all connected. It's all the same, but it's all different, and it's all equal. And that's how I how I view the Force. Definitely alike. Hopefully that makes sense. Perfect sense, yeah. That, that was beautiful. Yeah, 
It almost reminds me of JJK, the old man and the guitar. That's his curse. Don't are you are you up to date? Oh, uh, uh, I, I believe so. No, I think I'm probably one one behind. Whoops. Um, but it's 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 all good. I I love it. Thank you guys so much for coming <laughs> on and joining me on this journey. I uh, Tate's your first time coming on, but I've enjoyed yes. this immensely. I, I need I, yeah. Uh, we will all talk again uh, many times, but um, uh, we are all the Republic. Republic for the light and life. For the light and life. And may the Force be with you always. Always. Yeah.